0: Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com, for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag Chat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I've got uh, Coach Masaki Matsumoto with me. Coach Matsumoto actually grew up in Seattle, Washington before attending college football in Illinois and playing at Trinity International University, which is right down the road from me, um, where he was a captain and all-conference running back. He went on to receive his bachelor's degree and his uh, master's degree there. Started coaching at Cathedral Catholic High School in San Diego, California in 2006 Uh, As an assistant coach, won state titles in football in 2007 and a state title in track in 2008. Started teaching at Bernstein High School in Los Angeles, California in 2008, where he was an assistant football coach and head track coach. After four seasons there, he took over the program in 2012 and helped turn it around uh, to reach the playoffs in his last three seasons, and he was awarded the 2013 Central Catholic Coach of the Year, uh, 2013 LA Times Coach of the Year, and helped uh, the 2014 football team be featured on ESPN, um, which they talked about the, the entire season, which is actually kind of where a lot of people probably recognize you from, Coach. Um, the uh, next part of his career took him to, to come back to Washington in 2015, where he coaches, uh coach started coaching at Lincoln High School, uh, where he is the current head coach. Uh, overall, his head coaching record is 75-20 and 20 with seven league titles. Coach, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me, Coach.
0: Absolutely. It. It, it's, uh, it's, it's good to talk to you in person. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen the ESPN uh, episode, which was pretty cool, and then actually got to listen to you speak at, at the AFC, uh, AFCA convention a couple of years ago. So it's, it's nice to actually talk to you uh, sort of in person here.
1: Yes, sir. Me too. I, uh, obviously, I follow you on Twitter, and uh, you do a lot of great things for our game. So thank you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. You do a lot of great things as well. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, let's, the first question, you've been a part of some state title teams. You've been a part of, you know, looking at your bio, you guys, uh, you guys have won a a ton of league championships and have been a part of a state championship team. Um, how important was the offensive
1: line to the success of those, those teams? Uh, huge. Um, when we won state, uh, in California when I was an assistant, um, I was at a wing T school and, you know, obviously, um, you know, they, they, they play a huge role in that. Um, and even at Bernstein and Lincoln now, uh, you know, the O line D line are the first ones that, uh, we feed, um, <laughs> you know, whenever we have team meals and stuff right. like just to kind of emphasize, Hey, they're the most important. And, um, you know, I, I've been a head coach for eight years and for seven seasons, um, our OC, uh, Charles Jacome, uh, who's at UPS now, he's coaching at a small D3 school. Um, he he was an O-line guy. And so he taught me the importance of, you know, just O-line play and just the, um, you know, the importance of, of them in general and having a good O-line coach, you know, the importance of, of that. And so, yeah, that that it's huge, you know.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting too. You mentioned you were, you were coaching in a wing T offense and, and you and I have had a couple conversations. You, you now are, are more of an air raid guy, correct?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So that, the OC I was, I'm talking about Charles, he, he uh, kind of adopted the uh, air raid okay. uh, like 2016. And um, you know, we, we went to some clinics, visited, visited some coaches, visited Leach and um but still, again, he was an O-line guy, and so we still uh, took pride in our run game, you know, right. counter-tray, counter inside zone, and those were two our two bread-and-butter plays. And uh, we still ran the ball a, a ton and had success with it, and again, because of our O-line. Right.
0: It is, now, kind of going back to the, the air raid uh, offense, is that something that you guys just liked – from a from a a scheme standpoint or you felt it would fit your your team better at 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 lincoln or or what what kind of brought you guys to that air raid offense
1: yeah that's that's a great question uh number one uh because of the athletes we have you know um we just wanted to spread it out and and let 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 our kids sort of play but we also um liked how the air raid you know had an answer for pretty much everything, you know, how and in terms of how we attack the grass and take mm-hmm. the egg and fruit and, um, and just and where we got it, you know, where we really studied it was from our uh, one of our one of my best friends, John Bear, who's at uh, uh, Georgetown now, and he's the one that kind of sat down with Shaw's and I for probably three, four hours and and taught us the air raid, but. We like the fact that Air Raid isn't just, you know, a bunch of different plays or certain plays. It's how you practice and it's a system, you know, and um, Shaw's being a younger OC and me being a younger head coach, you know, we we wanted something like that where it was a system and we had an answer for everything instead of, you know, picking plays here and there. And, you know, just because it looked good or it it worked, you know, Um, so I thought it fit well for us and we've had a ton of success with it.
0: Right, that's awesome. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those offenses that I think if you're if you're gonna run it, you better learn it because there's I've seen it too many times where people people say, oh, we're an air raid air raid team, but they don't really run it properly. or They don't really understand it, kind
1: of head to toe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it really do, it does come come down to you know how you practice and and you, if you're gonna run air raid, you have to practice like an air raid team. You know. Right. Right.
0: Um, you know, kind of one of the other questions I had for you was, was, you know, you mentioned in your bio, you helped turn around, um, a couple different teams and, and one of the big things that, that I'm, I'm in awe of kind of with your Twitter is, is the culture and the, and the discipline that your guys have. And that's sort of what you've talked about before at, at, uh, at conventions and at clinics. And talk to me a little bit about how that process goes of, of, of turning the team around and, and really implementing that culture and that discipline how, how that goes for you guys
1: yeah so um you know when I got to Lincoln Lincoln was uh pretty well established at that point because uh John Kitna um who was their uh prior to me arriving at right. Lincoln, uh he had done a great job there for the three years he was there before he went to go take a big Texas job. Uh but at Bernstein, you know, uh like you said, we we did turn it around. They were four and thirty-six uh from two thousand eight to two thousand eleven. And oh, then wow. yeah, the first year we went eight and three and made it to the playoffs. But, you know, I, I, I truly believe it's just showing the players love and accountability. Um, I always talk about this when I go to, you know, clinics and stuff. Uh, I I, I think you need both. And sometimes, you know, coaches have uh, one one or the other, you know, or maybe even neither, (laughs) which is unfortunate. But uh, if you have too much love, you know, yeah, everyone will be happy. But, you know, people just kind of start doing their own thing. And um, it's, uh, there's no accountability. And then, if you have too much accountability right then there's resentment and burnout and you know kids start you know uh probably feeling like they're picked on and so i think if you just show from the start that hey i'm about you guys and i'm about about developing you as people not just football players and and, because i care about you and love you um once you establish that, I think you can hold kids accountable and, and you, and accountability is, is, is part of, uh, you know, love. And so that's the approach that we've taken. Uh, you know, it hasn't always been perfect and I've made a ton of mistakes. Um, right. That's the approach we've taken. And I feel like, um, the kids have bought in at Bernstein and Lincoln and we've been fortunate with that.
0: Right. And, and, you know, you, I I think it's good that, you haven't had a hundred percent success because you it's we as coaches have to kind of learn and adapt and and how much you know how much adapt I mean if you look back at at kind of the some of the stuff you did at Bernstein how different is it now at Lincoln than what you were doing back then I mean have you guys changed a bunch or is it kind of the 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 nuts and bolts
1: are the same uh that's a that's a great question and, and great insight from you coach uh because a lot of the th- times I, I went again, when I'm talking about my experience, um, the the first year at Lincoln was by far my toughest season in, in you know, 13, 14 years of coaching period. And, and that was because I had to adjust and, and adapt so much, you know, um, I think sometimes taking over a, a bad program is easier than taking over a program that's already established, right? and especially replacing someone like coach Kitna who was an NFL player and who turned that program around and right. who everyone, you know, uh, respected, uh, it was really tough for me to go in there and kind of, you know, replace him. But, and I made a lot of mistakes, you know, cause I thought I, I knew what I was doing and I thought I, you know, I thought I had a good foundation, but I realized I didn't, and I was still young, and I needed to really find out who I was as a person and as a coach, and um, really learned a lot during that season, and um, sort of reestablished my coaching philosophy after that season. And so, yeah, to answer your question, uh, there's a lot of things that we do different, but at the core of it, again, still, you know, just loving the kids and holding right. them accountable. Uh, right. I, I say, uh, you know, it's still the core.
0: Right. And and it's, and like I said, you know, looking at some of the stuff you guys do on social media, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. The, the buy-in that you guys have um, with that program. And, and definitely you can tell, you can tell the kids are proud to be a part of it and, and, um, and enjoy kind of, you know, quote unquote, going to work every day and, 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 and doing what they do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. And, and, it, 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 I think it comes down to, um, again, we have great kids. And, you know, we're super thankful that they have bought in. Uh, but we also have great coaches who have mm. bought into the whole year program. Um, we have about four to six coaches every morning uh, at 545am. And yeah. they don't from January to June, and they don't get paid for that, you know, but they realize that this is bigger than football and, you know, getting them to the morning workouts gets them the first period and, and gives them structure. And, and so, you know, there's so many things that uh, add to that and, and we're, we're able to do it because of those things. And we also, you know, uh, uh, plan our workouts, you know, and, and, and make it fun and, and make it intentional in terms of character building and, and teaching life lessons during our morning workouts. And so right. again, We're trying to coach the whole person, not just the player. And I think when you do that, kids really do buy in even more just because they know they're, you know, they're more they're there than more than just, you know, for physical reasons. Right.
0: Absolutely. You know, kind of that brings me to my next question. And you and I talked a little bit about this off air. But what are you guys doing right now with the pandemic? Obviously, Um, you know, how are you guys Keeping track of your of your players and workouts, and and how are you as a as a head coach staying involved with with your players and your staff?
1: Yeah, great question. Number one, it's been it's been tough. um You know, a, a lot of people who know me, um, they they're like, "Well, what are you doing now with your time?" <laughs> you know, <And laughs> you probably you know you're probably just so bored and and I and part of it is true. You know, it's it's been I guess partly nice to be able to slow down a little bit because it's, you know, I'm always full go, but, um, I, I miss the players, but, um, we, what we've been doing is we, so, you know, we go, we have our morning workouts Monday through Thursday from January to June. And mm-hmm. so what we do is send them workouts each day, Monday through Thursday, you know, just to keep them, keep up that structure. And, right. we, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And then um, we're also doing it like a weekly discipline challenge uh, and we're competing actually against like 14 different teams um, from around the area. But Oh, wow. Yeah. We're also, there's also a couple of schools from Indiana and uh, Illinois that kind of joined us because, you know, they were friends with one of the coaches who was doing it already. Uh, and so, you know, an example would be like week one, you know, um, the first thing you do is make your bed. Right. And, and keep and players keep track of that from Monday through Sunday and see how many days they do it. And then on Sunday, they'll email me and report to me, Hey coach, I got six out of seven days. And then they always have to answer a few questions that I asked them with it, which in terms of like, what did you learn? What, what, what did you struggle with? Right. Why making your bed, the, you know, uh, the first thing you do important and how does it help your day? And so, you know, and then on Sunday night, uh, we'll get with the, all the coaches on Zoom that are con- competing, and then we report the scores, and then we go over the you know the next week's challenge. And okay. so, yeah, it's it's been it's been a great. And so what what I started doing uh, recently is you know I um, made up teams within our uh, program and put a couple seniors in charge of them, and so. You know they're responsible for reaching out to the guys on their individual team and saying, "Hey, make sure you you know do the weekly challenge and make sure you're working out and da 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 da." And right. so, uh, so those are the two big things we're doing. But other than that, I I message them you know individually or as a group um, just to check in on them and see how they're doing. I check up on our se- current seniors because I know they're <laughs> struggling and I'm still trying to help them get recruited stuff like that. And so yeah, there, there's still a lot of things that I'm trying to do, but again, um, I just feel so bad for, for, for the situation for the kids.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely tough for sure. Um, do you guys do, do you do teams and, 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 um, and, uh, things like that during the season? Like, I I mean, do you, you guys, I think that is one of the things you do. You'll split guys up, split guys up in, in, into different separate teams, correct?
1: Yeah, that that's actually, uh, um, the last two months of our morning workouts, that's how we kind of end our morning workouts right. leading, leading into spring football where, um, yeah, like, uh, 16 captains, two per team. Uh, so there'll be eight teams. They'll draft their team and for the, for two months, everything will be based on points in terms of like workout attendance, GPA, uh, the competition in the gym, um, uh, you know, behavior in school. So like if I get an email, uh, about a kid that's, that was goofing off that mm-hmm. team points, all that stuff. And so we kind of, you know, we added up for the two months and then there's like a championship night that we uh, ended on and that team, the winning team, um, you know, they'll get a shirt and they'll get uh gear first actually. And so, um, yeah, it's like a big, big thing that we brought from California.
0: Right. That's awesome. I love it. We, we do the same thing here um, at Lake Forest College with, you know, we call it our leadership board and we kind of split, split guys up and put them into teams and they're always doing stuff, stuff year round. So it's, that that's, that's definitely the competition part of things is is really good and making sure that everybody's kind of staying on top of everything is, is awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, coach, last question I've got for you. And, and, and this is uh this has kind of been a, a stumper for some guys, but you know, going back through your your career of coaching and, and your career as a football fan, um, I want you to kind of build me a, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen of of guys you've either coached, um, you know, coached against, or just have been a fan of throughout your 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 time. Who who would be on that offensive line? What five guys?
1: Oh man. <laughs> okay. Um, so our center this past season, Kayla Puapuaga he was awesome um you know a tough uh Samoan kid who who was just a great leader and great teammate and uh he's he's gonna go to uh University of Puget Sound okay uh, this this fall and go play uh we had Zeke Saivong uh he was a 2018 um he would be you know uh I would say my guard um and then we had he, – he, he also went to go play at University of Puget Sound. And then my other guard would be Giovanni White. Uh, he went to Georgetown uh, 2019. And then at Cathedral Catholic in San Diego, we had Alex Crossweight, who went to Cal. Okay. He, he was a monster. And then our other tackle would probably be Jaden Simon. He, he, uh, 2019, he, he's at Colorado right now, but playing defensive line. Okay. They, yeah. they, they got him to change to the other side, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, he wanted to play D-line anyways, but uh, I mean, yeah, they, he was just physically gifted and a great kid and they were all great kids, but just, yeah, physically gifted and, um, you know, worked hard and, and, and yeah, I'm probably missing some, but That's just, all right. just the guys that come straight to my head, the five guys, those would be the guys. Right.
0: So that, that, so coach, that's actually usually my last question, but I just, in, in listening to you talk, I thought of another one that I'm going to, you get a, so you get a surprise bonus question. Um, and it kind of goes back to the, to the ESPN documentary that you guys did. How much contact do you have? Any contact with those kids anymore? I mean, do you still talk to some of those guys that that were on that team?
1: Yeah. Um, mostly through social media, you know, and, uh, well, well, there's a couple guys we'll, we'll still text and that, that were you know, that I'm close to, but, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe it's, it was five years ago, you know, right. so, but, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of times on social media, uh, Instagram, stuff like that, messages and, you know, we'll comment on each other's stuff and give each other a hard time, stuff like that. Right.
0: Uh, that's the, that's, I love that. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's the best part about coaching is kind of that, uh, the given, the give and take of the of the trash
1: talk. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, no, that that was a that was a special group, and um, the the you know I they I know they a lot of them you know will thank me and 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 say a lot of great things about me, but man, like I they helped me just as much as I helped them, and they really inspired what I do now, be, just because. I mean, like I said, four and 36 and, you know, a lot of those kids, uh, the, you know, 92% Hispanic school and mm-hmm. none of them grew up playing football and for them to, you know, just trust in what I'm, what I was doing. And I was a lot crazier back then. And, <laughs> you know, uh, anything that ticked me off, they would do up downs and, you know, and, and they endured a lot of that stuff and, um, you know, and just kept fighting through it and they were their underdogs and, and for them to, go to the semifinals two years in a row and, and be on that show and, you know, just do great things like that. They, they really inspire me.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's all uh, that. I mean, that right there is why we coach. So um, yes, sir. Fantastic. Well, coach um, we'll get you out here. If you want to go ahead and drop your uh, drop your Twitter handle and any other information you want these guys to know of um, we'll get you on your way.
1: Yeah, uh, so Masaki Matsumoto, uh, head head football coach at Lincoln High School in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, My handle is at Coach Matsumoto. All right, awesome, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on
0: and talking with me. Um, You know, hopefully we have a season upcoming, and best of luck to you guys, and and, uh, hopefully you're all staying healthy and staying safe.
1: Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Coach. All right,
0: thank you. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast.